Don't twist. I think, I think, don't listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, would you have caffeine today? What the hell is that? Like? Coffee did you drink? You can't polish a sneaker, right? <laughs> throw, throw tomatoes at me, do whatever you're gonna do. It's Corso and Catone. The 232nd pick, New England has selected Julian Edelman. Wide receiver from Kent State. That's Edelman diving for the first down. Still on his feet. He's loose. Julian Edelman. Will they catch him? No. Edelman's going to throw. Deep downfield. Wide open. Evan Bowen. Brady finds Edelman. Caught. Touchdown. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Nothing in my career has ever come easy. And no surprise, this isn't gonna be easy either. Now, I've always said, I'm gonna go until the wheels come off. And uh, they finally have fallen off. Due to an injury last year, I'll be making my official announcement of my retirement from football. It was a hard decision but the right decision for me and my family. And I'm honored and so proud to be retiring a Patriot. There are a million people I have to thank. Mr. Kraft, the Kraft family, I've learned so much from you guys on and off the field. Coach Belichick, giving me my opportunity. I always love you for that. My teammates have gone to war. We've lost some, we've won some. You guys will always be my brothers. To all my coaches that I played under, I appreciate all your insight, all your hard work, all your knowledge. To the entire Patriots organization, from the meal ladies, to the people that clean up after us, to the people in the hallways, the training staff, the strength staff. We share so many awesome memories that I'll never forget. And of course, my family. You guys have always had my back. It's been the best 12 years of my life. 
It's a hell of a run. And I can't forget you, Patriot Nation. You guys have welcomed me and my family to a region we do not know, we didn't know. But now, I'm one of you. I'm gonna leave you guys with two words. Foxborough, forever. Beat me up. And that was Julian Edelman with a heartfelt announcement of his retirement after 12 years in the NFL and with the New England Patriots. Welcome to Corso and Catone. I'm joined as always by Mark Catone, Joe Guarneri, and your calls, 855-313-PATS, 855-313-7287. Joe has us up on YouTube. Join us on chat. We want to hear from you. We want to know your thoughts on the fantastic career of Julian Edelman and Mark. You know, what can you say about 12 years drafted in 2009, seventh round, uh, 23rd pick? Nobody really thought much and expected much, had never played the position before of wide receiver, uh, punt returner, played on defense, played special teams. He just did it all. And it's a sad day. And um, it's a sad day in Patriots uh, nation. Um, and, you know, guys come, guys come in all the time. You look, you know, and, and, you, and you're critical of the players while they're playing. And that's part of football. But you always have to take a second when, 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 when time ends for them and, and remember what they meant to the team, what they meant to the region. And, you know, from my perspective, Mark, I can't, I can't say enough good things about this guy. He epitomized what the Patriot way is for his entire career, and he will be sorely missed. And it's just one more domino now dropping out of the run. Yeah, he's a, listen, class act. Total, always been a class act. He's never been a, an issue off the field, never said anything inappropriate, has never criticized. You're right. He's, he's the epitome of, the Patriot way, right? He's always done things the right way. He's taken pay cuts. He's done, he's done whatever he's put team first his entire career. And like you said, Chris, he came here. They, they didn't even think he, they took us. He was a seventh round draft pick. They didn't even think he'd make the team. They just took a flyer on him. And, and he turns out to have not only a hall of fame Patriot career, but one would argue he's a borderline hall of famer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a sad day. And, and, and one more piece of that dynasty, maybe, gone right that so what we call the patriot dynasty that, that he may be the final cog in that dynasty to to go right uh, there there is I, I mean what mccordy maybe i mean hightower i i don't know but edelman was the a big piece of that you know and and that's it he's going out you know yeah 12 years i mean you know out of kent state yeah you know not a not a big school you know not a big guy and i remember seeing a piece um talking about how he trained and his father uh, and his brothers and they all worked at the steel plant 
Um, and I think he's from the Pennsylvania, you know, he's from the California area. I, I'm not sure, but, um, and they all worked in, you know, blue collar people. Um, and just, you know, he, he's tough as nails, as you said, and, and worked his just worked his ass off. Chris, when I think of it too, he, it's almost like the bookends, right? It, it, it started with Troy Brown. That yeah. The epitome of the Patriot offense, right? I mean, obviously, number twelve was was <laughs> was the epitome of that yeah, offense. But, but 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 when you think about that Patriot, when we were at our best, right? Yeah, I know we had Randy Moss and those guys, but it was it was Troy Brown, yeah. And then it ends with Edelman, right? That was like the bookends of the dynasty. Yeah. It was Welker it started in, with Welker Brown, in the mid, Welker in the, middle. in the middle, right? Welker in the middle, but it started with Brown. It ends with Edelman, and now what? What? What is? What is this offense now? What? What is the what are they hanging hat on? What is it? Right. Well, twelve's yeah. gone. That, that Edelman type of middle of the field type of receiver is now we're assuming it's yeah. gone. Right. So what is, what is our calling card on offense? I don't know. I mean, well, I, don't we, I don't think we do know. Right. First, you know, first Gronk, you know, then, then, then Brady now yeah. Edelman, it'll yeah. be McCordy next probably. It'll and I don't McCordy. know that there's too many other guys on this team. That no. fit into that maybe high tower, as maybe, you say. Maybe high tower, I mean, but that's that's it, Chris. There's nobody that's left. That's it. It's over. No, and, and, and it. you know, I know McCordy came in a year after Edelman did um, in the 2010 yeah. draft. But yeah, I mean, it, listen, you, you you can't help but feel if you have any kind of if you're any type of Patriots fan and you, and and you're any type of you're 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 in the Pats Nation and you're part of that group, okay. And you are like us, the real deal, New England feel, then yeah, there's a piece of your heart that's broken right now. Oh, yeah. Not just because of Edelman, but because this is this came, this 20-year run came to an end. Then I know, I know there are people out there that say, hey man, you know, if you're Cleveland, you know, you no, nobody's gonna nobody's nobody has sim- nobody has you know. sympathy for us. No, no, of course yeah. not. Of course not. But you know, you see the pouring, the outpouring, um, from around the league and of course his teammates and his former teammates and, and um, you know, you see it coming out from everywhere and, and how much this guy is respected. And again, you know, just look, you look at that catch in the Atlanta game in the, in the Super Bowl against Atlanta, you know. that right there. I don't know if it's that that epitomized who he is or, or, or the defensive play he made. Okay. About five years, six years ago when he was on, he was playing, he was playing corner. And covering someone just like Troy Brown used to do. And I don't know if he got a pick or he made the play and it was like a huge, huge play in a game that may epitomize Edelman more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you, Mark. I mean, and he, Chris, and then if you, know, you remember, that- if you remember the, the Baltimore game, right, we're, we're, we're down and beaten almost. And and, and yeah. he throws the pass to, to, to Amendola, right? That changed yep. that whole game. It changed the, the place went Zolak said he's never heard the play so loud when that play took place. No. And all the years Zolak's been in that stadium, he never felt the play shake like that when he threw that touchdown. Right. And that changed the momentum of that game. And we had to win the Super Bowl that year. It changed you know? everything in that game, you yeah. know, or or yeah. it was a time in the regular season where, you know, things were flat. You know, he was a guy that was always able to just, you know, a punt return. Uh, you know, we, we are a 30 odd punt return. You know, yeah. does that go down in the history books? No, of course not. No. But what it did no. in the game was it lifted the team and allowed them to keep going. Hey, Mark, how many times did you see Edelman coming off the sideline or on the sideline when Brady had that dumbfounded, stupid ass look he would get on his face and his eyes that he was just not yep. there that day? And who else? Who? But, you know, and here he comes walking down the bench. 
screaming at Brady, you know, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, get off your ass and let's go. And that, and and that, and part of Brady's message to him, um, I guess on Twitter in response was that was that he, he, he was the guy that picked him up. He was the guy that got in his face when he wasn't all there. And Hey, look at Brady's Brady, but sometimes he, you know, everybody's human. Yeah. Those two had a special relationship. Yeah. They were like brothers, you know? And, and so, so Mark, where does that, you know, where does that leave him in history? You know, both, both in, 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 with the, as I said in the opening, Chris, I think obviously he's a Patriot hall of Famer, right? That's that's without question. I, I would have to believe that's yeah. that's without question. Yeah, he's going to get a red jacket. He's going to sure, get a red jacket think. from the Patriot from the Patriots. Yeah. You know, yeah. and listen, I, I don't know, Chris, if he's a super, if he's a Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, they, they're beginning to become um, scrutinized wide receivers more and more. I mean, Jesus, there was even talk this year if, if whether or not uh, uh, uh what the heck was his name? Johnson was it? Was a, Calvin Johnson was a Hall of Famer? Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. So, so they're really starting to scrutinize the receivers for whatever reason because they think they're putting too many of them in the Hall of Fame. So, I, I think eventually he'll get in. Maybe he's not going to ever be a first ballot, second ballot, third ballot. It, it, it may take him six, seven, eight, nine. You know, it takes guys years to get in. He, but he may eventually get in. Um, but, but you know, I, I don't know. I think he's going to be one of those fringe guys, Chris. Well, here, here's my and people thing. are and forever going to link him to Brady. They're, they're not going to look at him individually. They're going to say, well, he only did what he did because he played with the greatest of all time. Right. Well, here's what I could say. And then I, while you were talking, I'm looking up the I'm looking up the stats he, Here's So you say, OK, there are guys, you know, there are guys that have much better stats than him. Heinz Ward does. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there are many, many players that have come before him that they, they, their regular season numbers are just better. Um, where he ranks just quickly, where he ranks in, in Patriots law, he's second in Pat's history, 319 receptions, fourth in reception, uh, uh receiving out with 6,800, roughly eighth in TDs with 36. And he's had multiple hundred, hundred catch seasons with Welker. But Mark, when you, when you start, so no, you know, your regular, his regular season numbers, no, they don't equal whole, a hall of fame career. However, his, his, his postseason you know, numbers are, are what, of what makes a difference. So listen to these. And and he's in 19 games, okay? He's got 118 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. He's won three Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. What does that put him, second to Jerry Rice? Second. Second yeah. to arguably the greatest football player that ever lived, although I, I think he's the no, second No, I think Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady's, Brady's one. Yeah. But the, the point is Jerry Rice is Jerry Rice, and he's, yeah. only, he's second only to him. Yeah. And so... It depends. Look at the, the voters, you know, the writers and, and the people who, who vote on this. It's going to be a conver- it's going to be a conversation, Mark. I mean, be. it has to be a conversation. Be you a conversation. put up those kind of postseason numbers, be a you know, you, you've got to be in consideration for it. So, yeah, I get it. He's in the regular season. No, but Jesus. So, man, Chris, where know, does he rank fantastic. all time as a Patriot receiver? Where would you rank him? I mean, second. Huh? Oh, well, Patriot, I mean, where Patriot, would I rank Patriot, him? Patriot, Patriot, as far as Patriot wide receivers. Well, I mean, look, it, it depends on how you're seeing it. You know, I mean, like I said, he's second in Pat's history with yep. 620. He's fourth in, in and yards, I'm not talking Randy Moss, right? In, I don't consider TDs. Randy Moss to be a, like a Patriot. Like well, he, he wasn't was, there he was a rental player, right? Yeah, no. But I'm talking about the true Patriot wide receiver. Well, then really the guys important. you have to put on that list and you have to, in consideration, or have to be Stanley Morgan, yeah. 
Irving Fryer, um, Wes Welker, Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Yeah. Now, you know, some of me these guys are intangible guys. Personally, too. me, just because I have an affinity to him, I, I, I would probably say Stanley Martin. Harry? No. <laughs> Nikhil Harry? Uh, is, he, yeah. is he on that list for you? I yeah, could have sworn anything you were going to say, yeah. Harry. No, um, I would. I would probably just my me. I I loved Stanley Morgan, yeah. right? Well, uh, Stanley Morgan has still 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 has, um, you know, Stanley Morgan still he's still holding uh, a lot of records for them. No, he so, is. So you know, I mean, so he there was nothing be, like there was nothing know? like Rogan um, going back and throwing that ball up the sideline, and Morgan would run on that was fun. Right? I mean, Irving Fryer was, was good. Fryer was good. You know, Irving Fryer was good. But I would have taken Stanley Morgan over him. And then, and then, yeah. as I said, you know, you you had a lot of guys. You had a lot of uh, guys that um, Brady was throwing to, and Eason, uh, not Eason, uh, Bledsoe was throwing Bledsoe to. Bledsoe was throwing to. Yeah. That weren't, you know, I mean, Ben Coach is a quarterback, uh, a tight end, so you know, he's not on that yeah. wide receiver list. No. But again, yeah, I would have to say Morgan, Fryer, Brown, Welker, and look at these are not these are not Hall of Famers. No, you know, they're not them. Hall of Famers. And that's just that's the Patriot way. That's that was the Patriots. They got guys Stanley like Morgan's Gibbons not, and Stanley Morgan's, and Stanley Morgan's not in Hall of Fame, right? No, 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 no. Nor no. should he be. No, but, should he be? No. But but as far as how it goes in Patriot law and Patriot yeah. history. Uh, yeah. I mean, these guys were these guys were staples of the franchise, um, right. especially Welker, especially um, Brown and especially uh, Edelman, because they did the things that patriots do that great patriots do you know the guys like hannah and the guys like Tippett and the guys like bledsoe and coats and you know guys like gronk and guys like you know, brady chris i mean ben those coates, are the, the things that they do that make that friend you know, yeah chris coach doesn't get the recognition nationally that he should have gotten as being a great tight end yeah. I understand he was a patriot and he but have you watched some highlights of him recently? That's what I, I have. Say, that's what I'm saying, Chris. I don't think nationally he I mean, I get his stats maybe weren't what he was ahead a lot of his of these time. Other, he was ahead of Chris. He, I, I would say he could have been a Hall of Fame tight end. Uncoverable in the red yeah, zone. Of course he was. Absolutely. You couldn't cover that guy in the red no, zone. Couldn't do no. it. Bledsoe's favorite target of history was him. Was that guy, not Brown. He, him. Was, he was Gronk before Gronk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you go back, if I, I encourage everybody out, go back, watch, pull up some highlights of uh, the years. What was he there? Probably 90, what, three, four to like yeah. 99, something in that yeah, range. He was, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> you know, go pull up some stats of Ben Coates and, and, and it's going to blow your mind. And you're gonna feel like, am I watching Gronk right now, or am I, you know, yeah, watch, just watch, yeah, watch, watch what he did on the field. Yeah, right. I mean, he was a monster you know. too. I mean, you he's know? no Russ Francis, but you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, as but as far as as far as where Edelman ranks, look, you can't you can't thank the guy enough for for what he's done, and um, you know, for the for the franchise and the organization, and and no. yeah. you know, so. And did you hear what that other tool said today? Gronkowski. What? I think there's a 69% chance because he always uses the word 69 because he's a he's a cartoon character, right? He says, I think there's a 69% chance that you know he unretires midseason and uh hey, maybe he'll end up in Tampa. Yeah. Uh you know what? I, but I that's Gronk being Gronk. Just just I think listen, I think Edelman legitimately that's why at the end he made it a point to say, and I think that was very pointful that he said. 
Foxborough forever because I think he's done. I, I think he's bone on bone, his knee. I, I just don't, if he could do it, he would have done it as a Patriot. He, he's, he's just, he's done. The body can't right. do it anymore. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, let me interject for a second because I think we have a special caller Ooh. Uh, wants to say a little something about uh, our previous. Uh, who do we have? Who do we have calling in, Joe? I'm going to give you a little special, a specialty. I have a feeling I can let I know, the, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on one second. Here she comes. Hi. Welcome into welcome into Corso and Catone. Who we, who's on the air right now? What's your name? <laughs> is this little is this little Olivia? Yeah. Yes. Hi, Olivia. This is you're on with Corso and Catone. How are you? Well, what's going on with Edelman is he retired. Um, he retired from football and he played a long time and he was a real great, great player. And we're going to miss him a lot. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to miss him too? Is Do you have Is he the, is he, I, you know, the, Olivia, do you have, do you have an Edelman shirt and Jersey? Yeah. You do see, uh, see Rock. He's she's a, uh, he's, in the Patriots. he's a Patriot. Yep. He's a Patriot. Yep. So Olivia, listen, uh, Olivia, thank you. we miss you, honey. Good luck. I miss you too. All right, Olivia, listen, thanks for calling and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having us, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, right. Olivia. Good Bye. to talk to you. Fantastic. Our number great. one thing. Go to break with that, Joe. Yeah, number yeah. one thing. And then we're going to get to break. And listen, you know, we got a lot to talk about on the other side. Um, have some Bruins, a big trade in, uh, with the Bruins. And, um, you know, Celtics, you know, they've won a few in a row. And so we want to get to them and talk to them. But, you know, listen, Mark, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't let this show pass without acknowledging Julian Edelman and uh, what he's meant to this team. Uh, Edelman retired 12 years, memorable, memorable career. More after this. It's that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20 plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Welcome back in with Corso and Katone. Mark, I'm having some issues with my uh, my headphones, having trouble hearing Joe. But uh, yeah, back in those. Listen, Mark, uh, big trade, big trade on the trade deadline. Yeah, with yeah. this, with the Bruins. Yeah. Yep. They needed to get better. What have we always talked about with the, with the Bruins that five on five, they just honestly flat out suck, you know, on the, on five on five, the scoring has been a problem. If the first line isn't scoring, then they're not. So what did they do? They went out and I think it's a good deal, but this is what, this is the trade. So they traded for Taylor with the Sabres for Taylor Hall, uh, wing, uh, a wing and uh, Curtis Lazar, who's a center. Uh, for and, and Mark not giving up much, and B for Bjork and a second, um, 
and a second round pick. Mark, is this and a Buffalo good move? picks up and Buffalo picked up half his salary, whole salary. That's right. Yes. That's a big deal, too. That's a big Mark, deal. So what do you think? I mean, is this a good move? Well, I think it's a good move. And listen, I understand the guy's been with what five teams in six years, Chris. I think something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, understand, yeah. I, I understand that, right? And and he was drafted out of Edmonton. He was supposed to be this next superstar. And and he didn't necessarily become that next superstar. Yeah, he did win an a, a, an MVP, right? But he yeah. um I think he's tried to be he, he's not the he's one of these guys, Chris, that I don't think can be the point person that you he, he's not the center of a team that's gonna rally everybody. But I think coming to Boston with Bergeron and Marshawn and Krejci and 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 Pasternak, he can come just and, and follow their lead and just blend in and be one, a, another guy. And I think that that's going to allow him to flourish. And if it doesn't shame on him, he's got a golden opportunity here to straighten his career out, re, re, rejuvenate his career. And and to be honest with you, Chris, this reminds me of a Patriot move. This reminds me of the Patriots. You you bring in a veteran rejuvenate his career and he gives you two, three years where, oh my God, what, oh, like a, like a Randy Moss, like a, like a Corey, Corey Dillon, Dillon. Right? right? This is, this like is Garrett a, this, Blunt. Yeah, this is a Patriot type move for lack of a better analogy. And, and I think it's worth the shot. Cause like you said, Chris didn't have to give up a whole heck of a lot to get him. So it's worth it. And they needed some shot. They needed some infusion of energy life. Hopefully this, you know, he wants to be here. And from, from what he supposedly they tried to send, send him to a couple of other teams. He had a no trade clause. He said, no, I'm not going there. He wanted to come to Boston. Well, he wanted to, he, he, he they tried to do something in the off season with him yeah. to get him in. Um, and yes, he's always wanted to be part of it. Bobby Orr was his, um, was his agent, okay. you know, for, I don't think he is now, but he was his agent, Bobby Orr. And, um, and so, he wanted to cut. He wanted to be part of Boston. And listen, Mark, this may be his only. This may be his last chance. You it know? probably. It probably I mean, listen, is. Chris. It probably you know, the is. guy comes with a lot of baggage. He's a problem. You know, he's a problem in the locker room. I mean, there, there's some guys. There's some guys that were that questioned out there, quoted that you know, saying that he's one of the most impossible people to play with. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if our veterans on this team will allow that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in the, on this team, you know, you're right. It is a Patriot move. You know, you have guys in that locker room, like you said, locker room Bergeron and 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 Krejci and you know Marshan and all. You like to have Chara there, but you know, um, that aren't going to stand for, not going to put up with it. And that coupled with the fact that it may be his last go around, okay? Yeah. Because yeah, Mark, you don't you don't play five teams in six years. Um, without having issues and problems and things going on. Now, when you talk, when you, when he's interviewed and he, and he talks, it's sort of like, he sort of sounds like, he sort of sounds like the guy that, that is, is basically saying, look, I can't stand like Beckham. He's like a cousins and a Beckham, like that kind of guy okay. where it's like, I say Beckham where he's, you know, sometimes he just acts like a fool, but then you, then you peel back the onion maybe. And he's sitting there, you know, Beckham saying, look, I just don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. I'm tired of losing. I don't want to be on loser teams. I don't want, I mean, I heard him the other day, uh, Hall saying, look, I'm playing on a team where you lose a game and guys are out at the bars and at the clubs, like, you know, half an hour after the game to an hour after the game ends, just acting like no, nothing's a big deal. It is a big deal to lose. And I can't stand losing. You know, these are the things he's saying. So yeah, I mean, he's a problem. He's a, 
you know, he was a jackass in different in different places. But could it be that he, he's the kind of guy that just needs to be in a, in a winning situation and wants to win and is sick well, and tired of being around franchises well, that let's just see. don't get, let's give hope. a shit? Let's hope. let's hope so. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and, but the, the other thing, too, is this guy comes with 11. He, he's, he's been there 11 seasons, right? He's had 11 coaches in 11 seasons. <laughs> That that's probably the that that's probably the biggest that's probably the biggest stat you can look at, right? Mark? I don't I mean, think I, do you... I don't think I've ever heard of that, Chris. Yeah, I mean, how do you uh... in any in any sport, not any sport, eleven coaches in eleven years? Think about that, Chris. Yeah, I'm not saying this is the guy that drove the <laughs> that no, made no, the no, coaches no, no. leave or no, anything. No, I'm just but saying, but the couldn't help. But yeah, I was going to say, but the inconsistency that he's had throughout his career too, I think. Right. Yeah, right. As it helped him. I mean, you know, no. so let's I mean, see. Let, let's see, Chris, if he gives you he's... what his what he has, I think, left. If he has something left in the tank and he gives you anything close to what he was in 2018. Yeah. It, this almost sounds like we're talking about Cam Newton. If he gives you anything close to what he had in 2018, it's a huge win for the Bruins this year. But. We'll see. Well, look, I mean, and, and part of the negative, too, if you're looking at the bad, the pros and cons of this thing, we already talked about a few of them. And this year he's got two goals in 37 games, only 19 points. But, yeah. Mark, playing on a putrid, putrid, putrid team, saber putrid. team. Putrid. I mean, that team sucks. And, and you know? the, the Buffalo's best player has uh, uh, been hurt all year. Eisler's uh, been hurt all year on and off. And then now he's been out for an extended period of time, Jack right. Eichel. So so with Eichel hurt too, I mean, he, he's basically playing with nothing in Buffalo. It's, it's horrendous. Right. And so, but, you know, Mark, some of the good points, and if you're going to look at, the, you know, the good side of things, you know, he's still 29. So he's still got probably he's got a couple five of years left. Years left. Five, six, Even if probably, he gives you, know, you two or three, Chris, if he can go to an elite level again, Jesus, yeah. Well, I to listen. I think he can give him five. I do. I mean, these well, hockey players play. You know, they played a late, late in listen, the late, mid to late thirties. The fact that he wants to be here, this is the last year of his contract, so it's a win-win. If he right. if he stinks the place out, okay, see you later. It was worth it. We tried this experiment; it didn't work. But if he comes on strong down the stretch, like you said, Chris, you resign him. You got somebody that can play for three, four, five years for you. And that, and I, and I, and like you say, I think that's what he wants to do. And so he's a four, he's a four-time all-star. He was the MVP three years ago, as Mark mentioned. Um, you got him on the cheap. It, you know, yes. it is a Patriot move. It's a Patriot move. I mean, it really is a Patriot move. He's a career numbers, 220 goals, 582 points and 664 games. Mark, those are good numbers. I mean, 11, over 11 and Chris, years. The other guy that numbers. I like, I think is going to fit in well here too, is the defensive and that it got, no one's really talking about who was the second deal that they pulled off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Mark, look, when I watched, I saw that, when I watched that game the other night, when they just got, I mean, Washington showed basically you don't belong on the same ice as us. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't know what Mark, and that may be the case for the rest of the season it, and through the be. playoffs. It, it may be. It, it just may be that this team is not now. Now look, because Washington, what was it? Eight, eight to one. Something yeah, like it was. It was eight, eight to one. one. Joe, check that. The Washington game the other night. I believe it was eight to one. There, I think. It, I think it was but, eight to one. And so, and so, and look, it even put Mark asleep. But oh. here's the thing, okay? I'm telling you, Mark. You, you know, you, I gotta give you an infusion of some. You gotta take some vitamins, some, some, hey, some, some vitamins. orange juice. I need one you know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but yeah, so, listen, so they, I mean, yeah, they they stunk the other night. Ugh. They they did. They sucked. And what what? But what the problem is with that team? I mean, all, listen, they got a lot of injuries on the defense. I don't think. I mean, you can't. You well, that's the why goalie. the defenseman that they picked up, Chris, is going to help as well. I think it has to. I mean, they got guys all over the injury list on the defensive side side of things, and that showed the other night. I mean, I can't put all of them on the goal, the goaltender on that. But this well, is the, the kind of move. Well, this is the kind of move, Mark. Where if this guy catches fire, you want you hope the goaltender, you know, the young goalie can catch fire. You hope that Rass just well, Chris, you know, arguably, stays, he has the best amount of raw, he arguably he has the best amount of pure ability. I think. In years that they've put on the other on the side of Krejci. Well, that's what I was going to say. And where does he go? He immediately goes to that that line. Yeah, that he line, immediately yeah. goes to the Krejci line. We, yeah. He's there on that side. And you know who you put, who do you put on the other side of him? I mean, uh, it's probably going to be a Richie or a, you know a Frederick or some somebody like that that can yep. bang. You know, do the yeah. do the grunt work on that line. It'll probably be Richie. Because that's have... not Hall's thing. Hall's not doing grunt work. No, no. But you, but I, right, you know, though. but I think eight to one. Eight to one. Yeah. Okay. Eight, again, eight to one. It's t- you know it's pitiful, but if you watch the game, it's just defensive breakdowns all over the place. And all they kept talking about was this guy's out, that guy's out, this guy's out. I mean, you know. It, so Chris, who knows if they can a- pick up if they can get some momentum with this guy Hall, and 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 this new defenseman gets acclimated when they get start to get guys healthy, maybe maybe they can maybe they put together a playoff run. I don't see it happening. But you never know because this is a patriot type move. You know, it really is. I, listen, I, and and I a few years ago, if this were like three years ago, I would have told you, I, I would have been pissed off at this move. You know, because I would have said, "Geez, you know, I mean, they don't need this kind of crap. They don't need this kind of guy in the locker room dealing with all this." You know, they got enough. They're they're going to the cup. I mean, they, these guys are competing for a cup, and and you just don't need that. But now. It's a hell of a lot different, but I love, you know, the one funny thing is when you listen to the people and some of the, some of the response to this is there's no risk. There's no risk. There's no, listen, there's always a risk. There's always a risk. There's always a risk. No, it's not a huge financial risk. Okay. And you didn't give up a ton for him, but did you, I don't know what Bjork Bjork is going to be. What if this guy turns into an all-star and then, and the one we get comes in for like a bum and fizzles out like he did in six in, in five other places. That's a risk right there. You know, it's a risk that he contaminates your locker room and, and takes and turns your team going the complete opposite direction where guys don't want to be in Boston anymore or don't want to come to Boston, even if you income to a, a multiple year deal. So, again, it's it is a risk. It's always a risk to bring somebody like this in. But, yeah, Mark, it is a Patriot move. It's a Corey Dillon. You know, it's and not all of those moves ever worked either. You know, no, they didn't, they and didn't. it is a Randy Moss move because let, Mark, people forget, don't they? People forget that in they brought him in in what? Oh, six. Was it? It was at the, the end of, it, in that at the end of that. Oh, six season. It was the coming uh, into oh, seven. Yeah, it was the draft. It was the, it was right. the, the day that it was the night of the draft. They made the deal. Yeah, it was the oh, seven draft, yep. you know, because he came in and they went. They almost went undefeated that year. But you didn't know. And I, and I remember Mel. I remember Mel Kuyper saying, "Ah, that's a he's washed up. He don't have anything left in the tank." I remember the night of the draft. Yeah, yeah, and and you know they they, and and you know coming in, he had baggage. Oakland was ready to throw him on the on the uh, the, the scrap heap. Mark, do you remember the game we were at? 
when he was playing. And I have to say, I know we were talking about the Bruins, but do you remember the game we saw when when Moss? It, it was it was a banner raise. It was a game that they were raising the banner, and I guess that would have been when they won in 04, and we yeah. were there in that 04, the, the first game for that 05 season. And I think they, but Joe, check that the the beginning of the 2005 season for the Patriots. I believe they played the Raiders. Okay, and and you and I were at that game, and when they was came he out, with, and was, I think yep. He was with the Raiders then. Yeah. And I believe because I remember seeing him at the game and I don't remember if it was that year, or the year before or whatever it was. That was the year we talked about in a couple of shows ago with the Ozzy Osbourne, uh, you no, know, on the stage. No, and the Wasn't Ozzy that- Osbourne was the Steelers game, I believe. Well, we, we OK, but the point is they raised the band. I think I house. think I think. But it was in that. Okay. House. Yeah, we, you know been- what? You're, you're too old to remember any of this anyway. But you listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, listen, my point is this. I remember standing there with Mark, okay, watching the banner being raised, watching the craziness that was going on out, out there, and the place was just bouncing around. And I remember looking down at the Oakland bench at the sideline. Maybe, maybe you're you right, Chris. My brain's and like seeing and seeing him and seeing him doing this. Look, just kind of looking around. You know, you, you've never been a part of something like that, you know. And, and well, I he should have been. He should have been a part of the following season. Raiders no, undefeated no, Super Bowl banner, but you had to go to that no, goddamn yeah, game in Arizona. <laughs> Someday, listen. When we we when we start, when we come back on with Pat's Nation, and make sure you tune in this fall for up for the real post game show, the real post game show, not that nonsense you hear on the flagship. When you tune in, Mark will tell the story as to the real reason we lost. The Patriots lost that game in 07 and who, I told who he forever blames for it. A few shows ago, I told him why. Yeah, well, you. so, but I remember seeing him on the sideline. So guys like that and getting back to the hall, guys like that, that see those kinds of things um, in franchises that, that are historic and matter, you know, especially having Bobby off for, for a manager at one point. You know, I'm pretty sure that when he come in that building, he looked up and it, it's something when you walk in that building and you look up in the rafters and you see the Celtics greats and you see the Bruins greats. And, and it's almost like you can hear the echoes, you know, like when you go to Notre Dame and you can hear the echoes of what's came, what's come before. And I've done that. And it's fantastic. A guy like this, maybe towards the end of the career, that's on my bucket list. Rough- you think Pat's nation, you think my friend Chris would take me to Notre Dame? Nothing. I'm still waiting. I saw Boston College there. I saw Boston College there. It was it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. But anyway, guys like this that have had a long career, and this guy had a tumultuous career. You know, maybe see this kind of a situation. And you know, for all purposes, Moss had sort of a tumultuous career, no, successful, but it was always no, that was you know that yeah. pantsing that 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 mimicking of being of pantsing him in the in yeah. the end zone and in everybody zone. all that crap. Um, they come into a place like New England. They come into a place like the Bruins, the Celtics, and they just know, okay, yeah, I'm, I, I want to be part of something better than what I am. And so hopefully, listen, hopefully a spark lights under this guy. And I, I listen, I think that Rask, stay wherever you are, Rask. Just just well, stay yeah, put wherever what, you are. We, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. You're that. having your issues medically. Just, you know, stay there. Let's see what this kid can do. I know that I know, and I think they probably pulled him in that game. I don't remember, but listen, um, I know that the, the Washington game was a bad game, Chris. But listen, this kid—he's played well, though. This yeah. kid shows me a little bit of what we talked about several times earlier in in in, in the year that the hockey season. 
there's going to come get a, from Rask. You don't get from Rask. There's going to come a time in the playoffs where a guy is going to stand on his head in the goal and make unbelievable saves like you've not. What, what you know? Oh, I think this kid could do that. I don't think Rask can do that. I think this kid can. Yeah, and listen, I and I, I do, I do too. I do too. And I, and I, and you know what, Mark, it's going to be fun watching it. It's going to be fun to see, see, it's been boring. It's been mundane and we we've hardly wanted to talk about them on this show all season long because it's irritating. You know, it's irritating to see. There's just no scoring. There's no excitement with this team. Rask brought them down too, as far as I'm concerned. So it would be nice to see a young kid. It's going to be exciting to see this team try to gel and make a push, you know, For the playoffs. Well, no, Chris, listen, don't Mark, forget, you still, no got the, you still got the other goalie coming back from COVID too. He'll he'll play. You know what I mean? Yeah, Halak, but Halak but but play. not if this kid starts to stand on his head. I think Cassidy, you know, I think Cassidy sees what we see, and I think he sees. Look, what else do we have to lose at this point? Let's let this kid get out there. Let's see if we can create a spark. Okay, let's see if we can get Hall's head right. Well, score this some is the, goals, yeah, yeah, and have be that team, be that New York Giants in the playoffs, be that team that comes in that Tampa Bay Bucks last season that walks into the playoffs and says, "Hey, we've arrived now," because we've seen hockey. Listen, we've seen hockey teams do it, Mark. We saw the Blues do it, you know. And they had a goalie who was standing on his head in games, right? And 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 and, and that's maybe this kid is young and that doesn't know any better, and and he just provides a spark because he's making these unbelievable saves, win, winning games that maybe you shouldn't have won because he put together an awesome performance. You're right, Chris. Maybe, maybe this is the catalyst with him and Hall. Maybe this is the catalyst to take you on a run. I, I don't yeah. know. I and do think this is break. their. I think I do think this is their last go, though, Chris, with this core group of Krejci. And 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 Marshawn and Bergeron and 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 I, this could this may be it to them. This no, I agree. It yeah. is it is it because it, yeah. it is it. So you hope for that infusion. You hope for that that spark. Um, yeah. and and you never know. I'm excited now. I'm excited to see how this thing ends. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something, Mark, to get them in the playoffs and just get them rolling? And it, listen, hockey's a sport where it can happen. We've seen it. We've hockey, seen it so of many of all times. the sports, Chris, of all the sports, hockey's the sport it can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we come back, we want to get into the Celtics, talk a little bit about that. Some of it's some of it's what we've already discussed, but there's a few little things, little twists that I think we can bring up and get your thoughts on more Corso and Catone after this. How do I get to the point where I understand my passion enough to communicate it outward and dial myself in so that I can craft my own sauce. But you don't have anyone that's gonna give you the right advice. Now you do. We've been discussing where we live and what areas do we wanna always talk about. And really, it's startup, it's finance and drive. We are Special Sauce Podcast. Back in with Corso and Catone. Mark, I'll tell you what, I got this frog in my throat, okay, tonight. Joe, you, you, Joe, you may have to take over here for me at some point. I got this thing in my throat that I just keep. It sounds like, uh, I'm telling you. But, um, so, Mark, listen, the Celtics. The Bruins are winning 2-1 to one against Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. Against Buffalo. Well, you against know. Against Buffalo. There we go. Well, you know what, Mark? We'll be, we're at the point of the season where we'll, we'll take it. 
take any woman and, you and, get. And you're Krejci, in that scrappy space. And Chris Krejci scored a goal, so I wonder if 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 Hall played into that. I don't know, but Krejci scored Is a he, goal. Did he make his debut tonight? Was he playing? I don't know if he was playing tonight. They, they, there was a chance he could play. I'm not sure if he did. But they maybe win. Joe can find that for us to see if he and if 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 um, Hall ended up in the. Uh, Stat column. I mean, I could here. try Halo to put Hall. it on my TV over here. I didn't put oh, it on the answer question about the Raiders. It was the Raiders game. <laughs> wow. Let's go back to that with uh, Moss having, uh, I think he had like 150 yards, something like that. We won that game. Uh, hey, the oh, Patriots won, won that game. Joseph. We won that one. We won that game. <laughs> wow, Chris, you got a good memory. I don't remember. For something. My things. mind is like mashed potatoes. Yeah, well, listen, when it comes, what? Mark. When it comes to the Patriots, Mark, there's there's very little I forget. Very, very little. But I do Everything think, else but, in this but world, I will say, Ozzy, like, I, I don't know. think Ozzy Osbourne was with the Raider game. I do think it was the, the Steelers. We're going to have to prove him wrong. We're going to have to prove me wrong again. <laughs> I don't know if it was the Steelers because the Steelers, the Steelers opened up in 2002. Wasn't it? The no, 2002 didn't, season? Open, didn't we open up twice against them? Didn't we? Did we no. Yeah, maybe 04. Yeah, I think we did open up twice against them because it was um, it was 02, the start of 02 season. I thought it was Pittsburgh. And then the start of the uh, 04 season, maybe it was Pittsburgh also. Chris and I have gone to every Banner Raising game. My son was just born. That's how I know. Every Banner Raising game we've been to. Actually, no, he was uh, not born yet. He was born in 06. But, yeah, he was uh, on his way. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> Celtics mock. Okay, look. Getting to this, and then we have a lot of draft. We have a lot of pre-draft stuff to talk about. Um, that was, by the really, way, really jumping in. Him. Crazy train, Patriots opener, 2005. Okay. I'm off for two tonight. Because, I may, because I have to for two that, tonight. That, that, that up and, and play that. But wait, I did, listen. but wait a minute. But Chris, but I did predict. I said to you. I bet you Ozzy's coming out tonight. I did say that at the game. I do. I, I am going to say that. He did. And but Chris thought I was crazy. He, he did, but that's when. You know. I said it's a balloon. What do you mean? It's yeah. a balloon in the bubble. We did thought it looked a little, but you have to, people have to understand. That's when Mark was semi-coherent. I was you know? coherent. In that was, days. how many years ago was that, Mark? <laughs> you know, 15 yeah. years ago? I was coherent. Yep. 15, 16 years ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, now forget it. The two of us, we can't remember what we did five minutes ago. I'm surprised that we're able to even do what we're doing here. So, listen, talking about the Celtics, um, they won th- They went won three in a row. But, you know, l- are let's you qualify. Really gonna, are you really well, going to count Minnesota as a win? Listen, wasn't Minnesota the win, that, the overtime? Win? Overtime against yeah, the Yeah, well, no, I, that's the one I was going to criticize. Yeah. You know, so they beat, they beat the Knicks which is no feat. That's no great feat either, but they beat Minnesota, which is in overtime, which is just, they should be ashamed of themselves that it went to overtime. And then they beat Denver. Now Denver's a good team, but they were a little shorthanded that day, that night. Um, no, that but still, day. that was a solid win, but that's a solid win. Hey, and, and by the way, they were down at one point, I think by as many as 13, 15 points Yeah, they or, were. or more. They went on like a 40 to seven run or something to end the game, the Celtics. Right. So, okay. So it's three in a row. So Mark, I guess I, so I guess that question I was going to ask you is, have you, are you sold yet? Have you bought into this yet? Or do you just consider no. this playing against bad teams? 
I consider them, well, Denver was a good team, right? So I, I guess we can't say they were playing against bad teams, all bad teams, but I still need to see a little bit more. I'm not sold yet. No, I am not. No. I don't know about you, but, so, but I'm, I'm not sold yet. No, it's hard. It's hard to be sold. You know why it's hard to be sold? Because even in these games, okay, and, and it was funny because you and I, you and I were texting during the Denver game when they were down. And I said to you, you know, this team, this, and I, I gave you about 10 bullet points of issues that I saw in, in going on in that game. And then, yeah, they turned it around. They came back and then they won the game big. They won the game, you know, by yeah, a, by a, a large yeah. margin, which showed something. Okay. Which showed that they didn't quit. And that was the positive in it, you know, yeah. but you still see a lot of individual, a lot of individual play marks. From Tatum, from Brown, a lot of those. Stevens you know, is the, the the staple of Stevens's offense. Used to be the ball. Like you said it last week. Ball movement. All around the key. Move the ball. Move the ball. Move that's the ball. Not, get that's to the no. Open that's game. not evident at all anymore. No, Brooklyn's doing it. Yeah, Brooklyn's Brooklyn. doing it for yeah, all the for all those for all those prima donnas they have on that team. They're doing it. The three prima donnas there, and they are prima donnas. All three of them. Okay, Durant, Harden. And of course, Irving and that, that team has better ball movement, yeah. you know, yeah. and so and, and so, yeah, I, I do come back to coaching. I do come back to coaching because they're not moving the ball. It's a lot of individual play. I will say this because Tatum gets I, I'm very I've been very critical of Tatum that he's not that kind of leader. He's not the guy that's going to take this team into the future as far as championships go, which in, which in Celtics is that's what matters. To the Celtics and to Celtics fans, championships matter. Just making the playoffs means nothing. You got to win, and that's the way it is. You don't have you don't have as many. You don't have seventeen up there just because just because you're a winning program, and that's what you need to be. And Mark Stevens isn't getting it done. He's not for. I like the guy, but he's not lighting a fire under these guys' ass, and he's not getting it done. I mean, you just see individual play after individual play. Yeah, Tatum scores fifty. He's averaging over twenty-five points a game. Brown's at, Brown is averaging twenty-four points a game. Um, he he went fifty, then he backed it up with thirty some odd points. But again, it's still too individual. Now I will say this, okay? People question his tenacity. He did take. Like he did take roughly 26 free throws in that game, roughly. I think 24, 26 free throws, and I think he only missed one or two. You know what that tells me is he's not taking those fadeaways. He's not taking those step back uh, three pointers. You know he's going to the rim, and we did see that in the latter half of that game against Denver. He was going to the rim, getting to the line, and making shots. So that's encouraging, is it not? No, that's definitely encouraging. It, it may, maybe the light bulb went off with him that I've got to become more aggressive. I've got to go to the basket. I've got to create contact because that's what Harden has done for years. Harden gets these 40, 50 point games because 30 points are from the foul line. It's not because he, he's shooting a, an incredible percentage. Um, so, so hopefully yeah. maybe that's a change in what Tatum has decided to do. And, and that would be a big step going forward. But I still think, Chris, when they play good teams, if they they don't have that ball movement, they're not gonna they're, beat them. They're cooked. They're yeah. cooked, especially against big guys. And which brings yeah. me, you know, I'd like to know. I'd like to know what Tatum's assists were in the Denver game on Sunday. I, I'd like to know what his assists were. Maybe Joe can find it. But and that brings me to big guys. So we're talking about Williams, all right? And you and I have been, we and I have been, you know, in this guy's corner to start to get on the feet, to get on the court more and play more. And and listen, 
there's no doubt that this guy, he's a bright spot on the team. Do we agree yeah. on that? Yeah. He, he, he's, he's an athletic freak. Okay. And we see that now that being said, okay. When you really watch them play and you slow it down, sometimes he's lost out there. I mean, he, he did. There's, he's ugly. He's ugly when it comes to playing in a system. I mean, if you, if you get this guy one-on-one, he'll block the shot. He'll get the rebound. But when you try to, when this guy tries to, to, to get into a system rotating over, you know, no, no backside rotation from this guy. He just seems lost on defense sometimes. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Well, when he was in college, Chris, I think it was, he went to, I want to say Texas A&M. He, he, they just, he ran up the court and, 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 and would, they, they would throw the ball up to him for dunks and, and he would just sit in the lane and block shots. But he, he, it was a real simplistic offense and defensive setup when he was in college. So he didn't learn any of that. Um, so he has struggled to, to, to gain that momentum and understand the nuances of the game. I think he's gotten better this year. Don't get me wrong. I think he's showing a lot of potential, you know, that if, if he can continue to do that going into next year, but you're right, Chris, there are times he still seems lost out there. I, I, it does. And, it does. No rotation. Know. It just doesn't, and he it, doesn't seem like he understands what, to do. what I like to call it is basketball IQ, right? He, yep. I don't, he doesn't have that basketball IQ. Can you learn that? Well, I, I, I think he's learning. I, I just don't know how much of that you learn. I, I, I don't know. Well, then the, the and before I mean, the last question we'll ask before we get to the uh, some, some some pre-draft stuff is, would he be flourishing more? Would he be understanding systems more under a coach like Doc versus Stevens? Because Stevens is a great defensive mind. But are, the, are these guys buying in? It's been a question all year, Mark. I don't know if they won't. Well, the question. Yeah, you, you've brought it up several times during the course of the year. Have they tuned this guy out? <laughs> They don't seem to be improving. Williams doesn't seem to be improving a ton on defense. So no. that begs the question, what's the leadership like? And we keep asking that, questioning that. And I don't think anything's going to be done, obviously, until the offseason. But I would not be surprised as we move forward. I would not be surprised to see Stevens let go in this offseason. Hey, look, we've already seen Ainge go against. I know Ainge is in this guy's camp. But we've already yes. seen Ainge go against the grain and, and against the things he said. He said he wouldn't, he said he wouldn't do anything with the trade exemption and what did he do he spent 17 million of the 28 so i mean you know yeah, he, he clearly goes about he, he, the hypocrisy is there. the contradiction is there and and, and however you would say it so we'll and see i will, what happens say, with the I will say this i mean Chris. i'm not ready to you'll say what no i was waiting for you to finish your point <laughs> you'll say you'll say what all of a sudden i thought i thought maybe all of a sudden we had a call uh you know I will say this, Chris, I, think, I, th I do think that if no matter what they do with Stevens, I don't think Ainge, you, you can't continue to give Ainge a free pass either. At some point soon, he's going to get on the hot seat because he's the one who keeps, he keeps building the, this roster. Yeah, and like you said, the hypocrisy of his statements, oh, we're not going to get rid of, we're going to keep that trade exemption and we're going to, we're going to do something big with that. Well, you just wasted 17 million of it. You had all those first round draft picks. Okay. Yeah. What does your roster look like right now? Yeah. So, so how's you, that move working out? Yeah. So at some point, the finger is going to have to turn to age too. And the ownership of this team is going to have to look at and say, maybe it's time we move on from Danny, not just a coach. I mean, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen this off season. But I think we're slowly getting ourselves to that point. Yeah, it'll start with the coach. 
and then it'll go from there. And if it gets worse, it'll go from there. But no, I'm not buying in yet. We'll see. So, Mark, listen, uh, you know, the 20, what is it? 29th, 28, 29th is when the draft begins. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, how many days are there in this month? <laughs> I know. I know the first it ends on the first. Um, so it starts on that Thursday. Uh, so we have a couple of weeks left uh, before we get before we get to our uh, pre-draft show. But I thought it would be good to take a look today at to go. First, I want to go through some of the mock drafts, you know, some of the like Daniel Jeremiah and guys like that that have compiled over here. Um, and I don't know if you have that, but I have it um, to talk about the grades, because you hear you hear a lot of this talk about. How do we grading players? How do you drive? You know, I grade them this way. I grade them that way. They should be a first rounder. They should be a second rounder. He should go this way, this place in the first round. He could go to this team in the, in the second round. And you hear these experts, Kuiper and McShay and Jeremiah talking about that. And, and listen, they all do a fantastic job. You know, no, they, they do. really the do. Most part they do. Those guys do a great job. They study their ass off. Okay. And, and they come to the table with something. But how does that, Mark, how is that, how does that relate to what the teams are grading? What are the teams looking at? So when they say, well, he's a first rounder. Well, what is that? What is the perspective of each team in that circumstance and situation and how they're grading them? So what I thought we could do is want to look at, want to look at some of these players um, going down the list and, you know, in, the, in this mock draft, and we can, we can stay away from the first pick because, Trevor, you know, Lawrence, Lawrence is grading out of the system. So when you talk about grades, okay, what does that mean? So just to give you a, a gauge, if you got a, if you have a player at an 80 graded at an 80, that's a hall of fame player. Okay. That's a hall of fame player. 72, 73 is just a, a pro bowl player, an excellent player, not a lot of holes in the game. Okay. You go all the way down to 63, 64, you get up to 68 is a real good player. A few holes, you get down to 63, still a good player, but, you know, at one thing, you know, you got to have them in certain situations in order to succeed. That's the grade down there, and then below is below. So, so when you look at these players, so we'll go Lawrence off the table, Wilson. We start talking about the quarterbacks, okay? So... In this mock draft, they have San Fran taking uh, Mac Jones, and next pick they have Atlanta taking Trey Lance. Okay, so now when you look at these two players, Mark, all right, Jeremiah, you know they're talking about they wouldn't be surprised if he takes him. He, you know, he he's a guy that can make every throw. He should be a first rounder. He Who's this, he's smart. This is Mac Jones. Yeah. Oh, Mac Jones. Okay. Okay, he can make every throw. He's you know he's a smart heady football player he played in a, a big time system um he sh should be a first round pick we could see guys see san francisco wanting to take a guy like that okay fine all right but what is san francisco saying mark what are they saying in their room it what do you think they're saying well chris i think that's tough to answer because i think every team has a different philosophy around grading players and around drafts. And I, I think a lot of that also plays into, well, what is your offensive system? What is your defensive system? Are you, you know, do, do you play a, a, a lot of three gap? Do you play, what, what, what are you doing on defense? Are you a three, four? Are you a four, three? Uh, you know, are you, are you a gap lineman? Like, so, so, so I think a, a lot of that goes into Chris, 
what it is that you so my a lot goes into a grading of a player right like, right. like just for the fans out there i don't want them to think you know oh you're gonna need this guy's a 60 this guy's a 70 like a lot goes into that right so i think mm -hmm. depending on the team like for the patriots you know this is we're in new england right so the patriots belichick has agree with him or not a specific philosophy and grading system where so we're talking about quarterback. So in Belichick's mind, if you've got Mac Jones and you've got three other quarterbacks or four other quarterbacks rated within five, seven, eight points of him, and some of those guys are graded as looking at as second round players, Belichick doesn't view that as much of a range. Hey, listen, there's not much of a range between two and, and, and the number 40th guy in the draft, this is where, you know, uh, Kelly Mond may go. I'll hold out for Kelly Mond. There's no difference in my grading of the two guys. Why, why am I going to waste a fifth round before, trade up to the fifth pick when I can get this guy at 40? Right, which is why when... Belichick's which is why when you, strange. Yeah, which, see, and this is, the, this is what the people don't understand about, about drafting, is because... While you may have Kuiper losing his mind over something the Patriots do, a pick or, the, or another team picks, because I had him going higher. I, I, I really don't understand why this guy's still around. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's just what Mark is saying. You know, the things to consider as what we talk about, the player himself. Obviously, you're looking at the player himself. Yeah. You want to you fit for your team. What's the fit for the system you're running? OK, what are the holes in their game? See, now this is something you say, well, OK. Do the whole, what do we do well? Okay. What do we do well as a football team? Complimentary to what this guy can do. Cause let's face it. You're getting one of these guys for about four years, five years. If you took him in the first round at the option. And then as a, if you're new England, you, here comes the payday and you now have to decide. So for those first few years, what do we look like as a team? So what kind of holes do we have on our team? That, that that would then magnify the holes this guy has in his game. Not only that, but you look at coaching. What kind of holes do we have in the coaching staff? See, this is something they never talk about. And you're never going to hear this crap on the flagship because they never, they're not, you know, you would think, Mark, with a, if you got a four-hour show every day, this would come up at some point, <laughs> wouldn't it? Leading up for two weeks of the draft? You would anyway. Think We've already we've already beat the hell out of them enough. The coaching holes make a difference, too, because if you have certain coaches, I mean, let, let, let's look at the how, how you coach. You know, the things that you look for are first, you know, um, the nerve to play. OK, then the, the 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 physical part of it. OK, then the, the the conditioning portion of it or the conditioning, then the physical part of it, then the intelligence. Those are all different factors of what makes a player a player. Now, you may have a quarterback coach that's excellent at the conditioning and is really good at the physical part of it. But with the scheming and with the intelligence part or mechanics, that's another thing that goes into grading what are his mechanics like. And if there are holes in the mechanics, but you don't have a coach that can fix that problem, then you can't draft that guy. You know, because you're never going to fix the problem that you see that's making you grade. Part of your grade is grading your internal function, too. You're grading what you are, and then you're grading a player based on what you are. 
And that's that's the kind of thing that these guys don't have the luxury to do when they're grading all these players and putting them in. Like, for you know, you look at these quarterbacks, Mark. Well, aren't you got them at a 78? Wilson at a 72. Fields at a 64. I got. Jones at a 62. And Lance at a 58. And Lance is at a 58 because the experience isn't there. The competition in college isn't there. You know what I mean? That the hasn't showed me enough yet that he can handle it on, from an intelligent. I'm not saying he's a stupid person. I'm saying from a football IQ acumen, like you're talking about, can he walk on and do it? And do new, does new England have the kind of coaches that can promote that? Right, Mark. I mean, I, you know, I, I, it, that's what we do. And we're, when Mark and I talk about that, Mark, talk about it. What do you, what do you, when you and I are talking about, and then we'll go to break about, how do we grade players and who do you, who do we think should go here versus just he's a first rounder. He's a second rounder. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and also Chris, part of that grading too, that I think <clears throat> Belichick um, sometimes falls short or has, has fell short the last few years is badly. He, he has, but, but we, what level of competition has, these guys played against. So for instance, the draft that we took Nikhil Harry. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, Chris and I beat up on Harry for the, the whole 16 weeks of, of last season. We beat up on Harry. Everybody knows he's a punching bag for us. Right. However, one of the things on draft night that I, Chris was, and I were watching it together. He was here. And I said, Chris, how are they taking this guy over these three guys? These three receivers have played against NFL cornerbacks every single Saturday. Who the hell has Harry played against that's going to be in the NFL? I right. don't think he played against one NFL corner. Yeah, so Metcalf, A.J. Brown. You know, you when know. I, when I, part of my draft board also is, okay, so what level of competition has this kid played against? When you've got a receiver who's played against an NFL corner every single Saturday and he's right. putting up numbers, that's a hell of a difference than – Nikhil Harry playing against guys that are never going to play in the NFL. Right. Okay, of course you're you're dominating. Yeah, listen, and and so that, that's just a, a component that, like, talk about the level of detail when you're you're, you're composing a number on a player. It's yeah. that's one of the other things that I think Belichick lately has been throwing aside. He listens to him, you know, his friends that are coaching in college, and, and and he listens to some other things, but I don't think he's looking at that anymore, and he should well, be. He's not looking at it, that, and that's what scouts do. That's what your advanced scouting he's does. Not, he's not. He's not. He's kind of not listening to his scouts, and that no. came out loud and clear from Kraft. I think. No, I mean you're not, and and you're not paying it. And 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 to me, it tells me at the and especially at the receiver. Listen, he's been lights out. Like I, you, we look at Micah Parsons, who you know I have graded ridiculous off the board, and I'll guarantee. I've got him as the I'll number one defensive player in the draft, and I'll guarantee you, Belichick does too. I'll he guarantee does. you Belichick has him. I'll bet you anything. He if he's on the board and Waddle's on the board, he'll take Parson. Yeah, he will. I'll bet anything he'll do it. He because in his mind, with his organization, with their functionality, that's the guy that grades higher at this age, at this in, in at this moment in time. Well, I'm where we may think that's crazy, yeah. they yeah. may not. So and so I'm glad Mark, you brought that up, Chris, because he that's what he does. Even though receiver may be more of a need, he looks at his number. So if you fall into a number that's higher, if he's probably got Parsons rated as high as he can rate a, a defensive right. player in this draft. So if he drops, he's going to look at the number and say, I don't care that we need a receiver. This guy, 
I have him scored off the chart. We're right. taking him because yeah. that's Belichick's system. Other teams don't do that. They draft by need. We need a receiver. We're going to take who our best receiver on the board is. We don't care if if if, if Parsons is going to be a Hall of Fame linebacker. We need a receiver. Right. Belichick don't do that. No. And 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 the last thing I'll say before break is this. Also, looking in tier in, inside yourself too. Inside the in, it, look, he they're not good at drafting wide receivers. Well, no, why is they, that? One, he's he's not listening to the grades that, that his people are giving him, and two, what he's got teaching these guys, what he's got developing these guys are not good enough. Yeah. You know, you got to have the proper coach. You got to have the proper coach. Nikhil Carey comes in with issues in certain parts of his game. Maybe the route running. Okay, the route running is a problem. Clearly, the toughness, the overall toughness, okay, and the, and and maybe the 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 IQ part of it. Well, if you don't have a coach that excels in those areas, but his but but he excels in the conditioning portion of it, but maybe route running, the the mechanism of it isn't as it isn't isn't that coach's strong suit. Well, then you better not take this guy. You better take a guy that has conditioning issues. Then that you can fix. And that maybe is what's the hiccup here. Meanwhile, they got good linebacking coaches. They got guys on the defensive side and the defensive front and the offensive line, Skarnekia, for many, many years. Those guys can bring it in the coaching staff. Yeah. And that may be one of the issues. Mark, when we come back, we're going to continue this talk. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Cam Newton and what Tom House had to say. More after this. Crazy Train, the Patriot traditional entrance anthem, Ozzy Osbourne.
back in with Corso, Corso and Katomak. And there was Joe. Thank you. We our thanks to Joe for putting that, was, that up. That was that was a night, wasn't it? And, My God. and, and that was the game. That was that the, was the that, game. Was the, that was the the, game. Uh, the Oakland game when, when Moss, I think, got the real listen, Mark. How could you be anybody? Chris, that place that, that place was shaking that night. Yeah, we just so you know where the bubble was. Okay, and if you're staring at Ozzy Osbourne, we were up there. That's that's where we were. So we had a direct line down to the to the stage. Listen, it looked berserk. It was berserk. Joe Joe just showed. It was berserk. It was. It was was. a loony bit in that place when that happened. It was berserk. I I mean, it was already going and going and going. That was 05. Yeah, that was the beginning of the 05 season. Hey, Chris, did you see who's coming out of the tunnel? Seymour, Harrison. Like, where are all those guys? Yeah, Hello. And listen. That for him too, because I, I I had the pleasure of seeing him at, at uh, Nickelodeon Cho- Kids Choice Awards. He came out okay. and sang that song. They looked like they rolled him out with the wheelchair. <laughs> I thought this like, guy was like, serious bringing out Ozzy Osbourne. This was a few years after that, and yeah. he turned it on, and I was like, wow, he still got it. He still yeah. had it. Well, let me tell you something. He, he had it that night, Chris. Feeding. He was listen. Mark Mark said it to me. Well, first. So you couldn't hear this far away from yourself. Because I was right next to Chris. You couldn't even. You couldn't couldn't hear a damn thing. And but the one thing I did see Ozzy was feeding off that insanity in there. And he's just jumping up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm surprised he was able to even get out the words. You know, Joe, that's how crazy that play that I never in my life. And I, I've been a, I've been a season ticket holder for the Patriots for 30 years. Okay. And I've never heard it that loud in that place. Mark. No, that night, that night, was, you've been yeah. going to games for equally long as long. No, that was, that was the night that night was, was something. That so was something. It, it, and we've it, been, it, heavy, we've been heavy banner raising. There was everyone. never been a banner raising like that night. Not that like night that. Was Especially nuts. Kansas was, city game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but no, but that, that night was nuts. Totally it was, nuts. it was. And, and I'm sorry, Joe, who, who was, uh, who was accurate on this one? In all parts, I'm just curious. All right, okay, all right. Well, we go we back won't. to that bet that you made to see what uh, Belichick uh, comes out with on that pick. I may have yeah. to rewind that and, and uh, we'll see, we'll back. see. But yeah, listen, but but yeah, that night, that night was just, and that oh, was when magical. I think Moss, I think that night Moss fell in love with the Patriots because he's had a love affair with them since he was there, since he's been there, Randy Moss. If you talk to him now and you ask he still him, still does. He'll say, I would play with Tommy and I would play with Bill any day. To well, he's going to go to Tampa, right gonna have to go to Tampa Bay yeah, now well, to do yeah. that, but that's another issue. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. So listen, getting back to uh, Joe, thanks again for pulling that up. That well, was Chris, fun. Do you remember, fun la- you remember last year how frustrated um, Brady was? And I, I forget the situation and something came up and, and Morse was, I don't know if Morse was at, at, at a game it was an ESPN game, I think. So I guess it was. Well, yeah, he does. The, know, he does. He works for. He, yeah, he, he works, works for ESPN. them. And and, and 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 after the game, there was an exchange, like a, just a real friendly exchange between him and Brady. And Brady said something to him, like, "I got a spot for you." Like, he he wanted them back because yeah. he figured at his age, he's still better than the guys they had out there. Last, you know, when listen, Brady's last year there. Brady, Brady, listen, Brady, Brady is not. He Brady doesn't look at things. Like a normal person looks at things. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Brady looks in and says, what do you mean? Why? Why can't you play? Let's go. Come yeah. on. I'm doing it. You can do it. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, he's he's operating on a whole different wavelength. He thinks anybody can just 
you know, get out. Let's go do what I do. Do what I do. You can't do what that guy does. That guy is beyond. So that was fun, Joe. Thanks for the memory. We, we, you know, we appreciate that. I'm sure that the, uh, the Pats fans do the Pats nation does out there. So Mark getting back to what we were talking about with, with this, and I'd like to watch it again. <laughs> anyway, getting back, that was a fun night, though. Remember? Oh, that, that was, was a real, real, that was a real that was fun night. Real, real fun night. I gotta tell you. Anyway, that was a great night. So, uh, okay. So, getting back to this and talking about grades and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's how that's how New England does it. I know that's for sure. So, how can I do it? And, and in, and in two weeks, when we, when we do our pre-draft draft show, I'm going to show you, we're going to put you some footage up and show you what our draft rooms look like when we're doing, when we're handling the draft. This is before we had a show or anything like that. This is just us doing the draft. And I like to believe I have, we have similar views of that, of how, you know, not just the Patriots, but across the board, we try to look at what is this team about? What does their coaching staff look like? What are the complementary players around them? Let's start with the quarterback and then go from there and then start with the interior and move out and look at what kind of grades everybody has on that team first. Then you talk about what a team need is. And, and listen, Jeremiah and Kuiper and McShay, they do a good job. They do the best job they can without actually being in the room. But what they don't understand sometimes and what they can't relate to the viewer is this is what this team, this is how this team's grade works. And this is how their board, they operate their board because of all these other factors we talked about. So, and it comes down and Mark, one of the other reasons why I think if Parsons is on the board, they're going to take him and not the quarterback. And everybody thinks they're going to trade up and take the quarterback. And, I, and, and maybe they will. I don't think they will. Joe, you can mark it now. I don't think they will because I think they think a lot of Cam Newton still. And everybody thinks I'm crazy. And this is something, again, the flagship. Chris, listen, listen to me, though, Chris. I watched the other night, and I, I, I would normally agree with you on that comment. However. I'm saying this is what the Patriots think. Yeah, I was watching the other night on the NFL Network, the Rams-Patriot game from this past season. Yeah. He looked so bad. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, Chris, it, it, it was pitiful how bad he looked. He got benched, but, but I mean, he just looked so bad. Yeah, no, he did. But but here's the point that I'm, I'm going to make. I saw an interview um, on the um, with Tom Curran's show um, and they had Tom House. And those of you who don't know who Tom House is, Mark knows who he is. But those of you who don't know who he is, he's the quarterback guru. He, he's a quarterback um, coach. Um, he's just he's just knows everything there is to know about that position, what it takes, what you need to do, can do everything. And heard this interview and heard what he had to say. And basically what he was saying is, look, you can't, when you look at Cam Newton, okay. And he was part of his rehab and he was around him and, 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 and with him for some of the rehab. So he said he got to know him a little bit. And some of the things he talked about were, you know, he, well, he fully believes that Cam Newton's got another level that he's going to go to and he's going to get there. And that's what he believes because he basically said, look, you can't what the flagship likes to do is say, you know, COVID, OK, coming to the team in July, COVID or June, late June, whatever it was, COVID, the whole COVID situation, not with him getting it, but the whole COVID situation where you couldn't talk, you couldn't meet, you couldn't do anything. OK, you couldn't and coming into a brand new system. Let's talk about Brady. Brady's Brady. And he brought the system with him. 
and they weren't successful in that season until they started running what he did, what he does. But anyway, you got the fact that he started off okay, was trying to learn a real complicated offense. He got COVID, missed two two games. You know, it was a mess at that point, and then he came back. He looked at all of that and said, look, you can't discount that. You can't just throw it away as if I rushed for 100 yards, but 80 of those was on one play. You can't just throw it out the door is what he's what House is saying. That's a factor. All those things mattered. And what mattered with Newton, okay, he said that um, he can definitely be fixed. Okay, the mechanics can be fixed. The number number and the other thing was the injury. That injury takes multiple. That's it's not one year in your back. He said, but you have to focus on your mechanics. You have to focus on that rehab even through the season. And the problem with Moss was he wasn't able to focus on that during the season. He had to focus on learning the offense. He had to focus on coming back from COVID, being away from the team, Zoom calls instead of, uh, you know, instead of actual practice time. So he couldn't work with the coaches on his mechanics is what House was saying. It's a complex system, all of that thing. And on top of it, he, and that's what he talked about, the proper coaching that some of the coaches in the league may not be good for mechanics. They may be good for conditioning. They may be good and for the don't IQ. Know if, and we don't know if the Patriots coaches are good for mechanics. No, and he, well, he basically said that the Patriots have some pretty good coaches over there. Are they the best? He said, no. Are they the worst? No. He said, but they're pretty good. But the problem is, circumstantially, Cam Newton was doomed to fail in this circumstance, in this situation, because of all of this we just talked about. And the fact that these jackasses won't consider that as as a factor in this. And the fact is, he can't play quarterback anymore. He's done. He sucks. You and I have said it because of that was out of frustration. But when you yeah. stop and you think about it, you look at a guy like this who's got all this kind of stuff to say, okay, maybe Belichick, you know, has Belichick lost it all? Maybe he's still operating on a dis- different system than we know how to operate. And maybe he sees the same thing. What say you, Mark? Does that change? Does that change your opinion at all? Hearing what this guy had to say, and why? Maybe a little. Maybe a little, Chris. I I don't know. I I, I just I want to believe that to be true. I really do. I just I just watched him throw balls last year, Chris. I I, I just don't know. I I don't know. I just don't know if that really is the case. The, if the arm is shot, it's shot. I, 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 I mean, yeah, I know he had surgery. And, and I realized in baseball, if you have Tommy John surgery, typically it's the second year back that you go back to and, and you make a uh, many times second year back from Tommy John. You're even better than you were before. You have more velocity. You have everything. So so maybe, maybe it's possible in the NFL too. Maybe Newton can can do that. Because I think what Newton had with the shoulder, in, I, I think it equates a little bit to what a Tommy John is for baseball. Not the same injury at all. But I think the rehab part of it. So, so maybe, I, I, I don't know. What I do think, Chris, is, what I do think is, Belichick, to your, what you, your point, I think does believe what House is saying. And I think proof of that is, Belichick brought in pieces to fit what he thinks Newton will be able to excel at. He's not going to ask Newton to throw the ball 50 yards down the field, but he's going to put the, he's going to put the pieces in front of him 10, 
15, 20. Listen, you're going to throw 15, 20 yard passes to the tight ends. We're going to run slants with Bourne. We're going to, every so often, you're going to have to hit Aguilar down the field because it's going to be open because of what else we're doing. We, you know, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. So I, I think Belichick might believe what House is saying. And when you look at the free agency brought in on offense, maybe that feeds into that. I, I, you know what I mean? I do. And, and, and I, I think he does. And that's just, this is the operation of a different level that we're talking about. Again, stuff you only get on the real deal New England field right here. Okay. And this is what you're going to get in draft coverage with us. So stay tuned. But Mark, I think, yes, I think Belichick goes deeper than just the, the surface level. He sucks. He can't play. His, his arm's shot. He'll never going to be able to play quarterback. The Rodney Harrison take. He's never going to be able to play quarterback again. That's a little, it's a little ignorant. I don't mean ignorant, meaning you're not smart. It's just ignorant about not understanding all of the factors that are involved. And, and, and they, are, they are as we said they are. So if a guy like this who's been around, this is not Tom House just saying well, Chris, about thing- looking at it from afar. This mm-hmm. is a guy that was part of his rehab. Okay, and with him on his rehab. And I'll tell you what, I'll trust this guy over any other guy in the league that tells me that, you know, I'm not being a Patriots homer. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm analytically looking at this situation and circumstance, which is the way the Patriots are going into this draft doing. And Mark is dead on. He's dead on accurate with what this is. And Mark, you said this three weeks ago that they're building like this because they're playing a camp strengths. And if that's going to be the guy. That's why I say to you, if Smith is there on the board and Parsons is there, they'll go Parsons because they're not going to they're not going to throw the ball down the field like that. Now, if Waddle is there, OK, that's a different story because he gives you a different he gives you a Waddle, different type Chris of guy. Is, Waddle, Chris, is the closest thing to, 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 to your friend that you can't stand from Kansas City Hill. Oh yeah, but but that that but see that plays he's a hill into, type player, right? You he can, can, he can run all the routes, you yeah. know. Yeah. And Smith may not be as you know. So the point is, that goes into that. Now, if New England's on the board and they take Parsons and they don't, they pass on Smith. People are going to lose their minds. They're going to lose their ever loving minds in New England Nation on the flagship. You may, yeah, because but but when but when but when Belichick. And by the way, if they don't trade up and get a quarterback or don't take one there at 15, then you can believe for sure that he's buying into what Tom House is saying. So, Chris, here's my thing. Two, I got two takes on this. So, number one is this. Cam Newton, I believe, has an incredible ego. And we talked about this confidence last year. brimming with. Yes, confidence brimming. We talked about this last year when they signed him. He was probably the one guy, if he could return the form, that wouldn't be phased about replacing Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. Okay. That was, we had talked about that extensively last year, just before the season started, after they had signed him. So, in saying that, if he was washed up and there was nothing left to that arm, yeah. Do we honestly think that he would embarrass himself and say, I'm coming back again to do this again for a repeat performance of no. not being able to throw the football. I, I have to believe Newton would walk away from the game and say, listen, I gave it my best shot. I just like Edelman just did I, the body just won't let me do it anymore. I can't do it. I tried it. it, it just, the, wheels came my, off. the wheels came off my shoulder. I just can't do it on my shoulder anymore. This, I mean, I don't think he came back for, it's not coming back for $3 million. I mean, I don't think the man needs the money no. that much between the money he made with Carolina, the endorsements, 
You don't need $3 million, Chris. There has to be something that this guy thinks that he can still do it. He wants to play football. And I know all athletes, athletes, it's tough to walk away from the game. But I just think Newton's ego is such that he would say, I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself. I just can't do it anymore. I got to walk away from this. And he didn't do that. He was steadfast that I'm going to come back and I, I, I can do this. Yeah. So let, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, Mark. And, 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 and like you said, too, um, you know, he didn't. Uh, and maybe he's listening to Tom House, too. You know, maybe, maybe he's listening maybe, to this guy maybe, and, and maybe. saying, look, you know, maybe if a guy like that told him, look, you're done. Like you're done. Your 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 best days are behind you. You're right. You're not going to do this. Yeah, maybe he would be listening. Maybe he would listen. Maybe he would be listening. And and so Chris, as we keep talking about the Patriots taking a quarterback in the draft, right? So I know Jeremiah just said, you know, what you were just looking at. It's got Mac Jones going three. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about grading players, right? And and on my board, Chris, I still say. Fields is, is, is I have rated much higher than Jones because here's what I say about Jones. You could have, and I can say, I will say this till I'm blue in the face because I watched so many of their games. You could take the, you could have taken the kid from Florida, Kyle Trask, and put him on that Alabama offense, and I'd be willing to bet you Trask would have put up more prolific numbers than Jones did. I'm telling you, he would have. So I just don't I'm not convinced That Jones isn't just going to be Another Kirk Cousins and You want to waste a number three pick In the draft on that I, I just, And San Fran may do it They, they may San do Fran it San Fran may do it San Fran and, may and, do it You know and, and, and then have a real quarterback problem And that may happen and Look I, you know I mean And again See this is where This is where Belichick and company I believe differ and I know, we're, I, Joe, I know we're running crazy on time, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, this is where I believe Belichick differs and the Patriots organization differs than others, where they're grading guys. But if if Belichick grades this guy the way you're doing that right now, he won't take him anywhere. No, he, just, he won't take him anywhere in the draft. I mean, you, can, you can fall to the fourth round. He's not going to take him, you know. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm exaggerating. I'm sure if this guy fell the fourth round, Bel- Bra- Bra- Belichick would take him if he took Brady in the in the sixth. Well, Chris, but- they claim they claim this kid from I, I, I don't know. I, we could talk about this in our pre-draft show yeah. that, that the kid from from Mississippi State is te- is texting with McDaniel back and forth. This kid, Kelly Mond. Yeah. I, I, and and I'm not going to get into Kelly Mond. We'll do that pre-draft night. Our pre-draft show that that week in the draft, but what we actually think of him. Well, look, you know, and and we're going to go to break now, final break now, but this is what we wanted to do. I mean, a lot of people think the draft is eh, mundane, but listen, if you really dive into it and you look at it, it's exciting time right now. And And it's an exciting time in New England because it's been a long time since there's been this many question marks. And now they've done this kind of, they've been this aggressive in the off season. And now what are they going to do with the big position? I encourage everybody to take a look, read about it. What goes into these picking these guys and selecting these guys in the draft is, is, is such an intricate science. Okay. And it's not guaranteed, you know, you're betting on people. And anytime you're betting on people, 
anything can happen. And right, Chris, Mark? Where, where you make your bones in the draft is Third. rounds rounds three through six. Yep. Yep. Right, it's not. It's not two, round, end of two, three, end four, of two, yeah. three, four, five, and that's where you and I have come up with some of our best picks that turn out to be all pros. Waddle, oh, yeah. hey, right? Waddle will bother me till the end of time. Will bother me till the end of time. The safety. So yeah, pay attention, everyone. We have draft coverage coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about it the week after. We want to get to our final break, and on the other side, give our closing remarks so Joe doesn't hit us. Take us the break, Joe. It's that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20 plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Back in more Corso and Catone. Mark, again, the uh, the time flew by again today, you know, but it was a fun day. We got to see, got to go back in a blast from the past and see a few things. Oh, and, you know, great, uh, great. So- Joe, and listen, <laughs> Joe did a great job tonight. Phenomenal. Great job tonight, Phenomenal. Joe. So, Mark, final thought. Final thought is Joe really hit me nostalgic tonight, showing some of those clips, showing Ozzy and showing showing the Do other. Do you remember? Do you really remember it though, Mark? <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe not. But no, final thoughts are um, I'm excited about this 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 the draft because watching those those clips of the you know Ozzy and 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 Edelman retiring and 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 really reflecting on on the, the last twenty years of. Patriot greatness really has me looking forward to this draft and rebuilding this team and getting us back to those days. Right. And, and, and being you and I going to another flag raising banner raising, you know, Mark. And and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful of that, obviously. Um, Yeah. My final thought is, is it rests with Edelman. You know, I, you know, again, it's, it's, it's that feeling you get at the end of every season. Mark knows the feeling and I get the same feeling, you know, of that little, that kind of emptiness, you know, and I don't think there's a Patriot fan, a true Patriot fan out there right now that doesn't have an empty feeling a little bit inside. Um, thinking about the career this guy had and, and what he meant for the organization and what he meant for the region, what he meant for the people of, of New England. And, you know, from our little, for our little speck of, of what we do here, you just, all we can say to Julian Edelman right now is thank you. Thank you for the years. Thank you for 12 years of toughness, greatness, and embodying what this region is. You know, if there was a guy that can show the toughness of what New England is and what the people bring to New England and what they bring to their sports franchises, this is the guy that did it. Chris, now that he's retired, maybe Joe can get on, on the show with us. Yeah. He's the only guy, I'll tell you, I'll leave it with this. He's the only guy that could keep Tom Brady in check. The only guy. So we say bye to Julian Edelman after 12 years. God bless you. Good luck. Mark, some people to thank tonight. Want to thank the good people over at Special Sauce Podcast. Make sure you tune into their their show. It's excellent. You'll learn a lot. We always do. 
uh, Studio 42 Designs in uh, North Providence, Rhode Island. Want to thank Jag Media Productions. Uh, you could see the production quality of what we're doing here. There's more of that, so log on, talk to them. Uh, the good people at Corso Law Group, which allow me to do what I do, Arizona's leading criminal law firm, allow us to be your voice, and the good people over at Mountain View Home Watch and Security in Scottsdale, Arizona. Special, special, uh, special good wishes to our longtime listeners, uh, Paula and Brad, for a uh, happy anniversary. Yesterday was their anniversary, so we want to wish them a special happy anniversary uh, from Corso and Catone, and we hope uh, many more years to come. Tune in next week, where we will be at 8, 8 p.m. As always, we're going to talk more draft, no, more pre-draft coverage, start getting into some of the players. We want to talk, obviously, more Celtics Bruins, and we're going to talk a little baseball because the Red Hot Celtic, uh, the Red Hot Bru uh, Red Sox, have won, I think, six in a row at this point. So we'll see if they can keep that going. Um, Joe will have us up on YouTube all week long. Make sure you hit that thumbs up, subscribe, take a listen. Let us know what you think. We're always happy to get the feedback. For Marcatone, Joe Guarneri, I'm Chris Corso. So long, everyone.